0: I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined with my husband and co-host, Josiah Josiah, how you doing?
1: Fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. It's a little chilly up here in the Midwest, but you know what? We are warm and cozy.
1: I love it, babe. So glad to be in the studio this morning, and um, to the listener, we're just saying thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We believe that um, if you have as much fun as we do listening to these, man, that's going to be good. And we just appreciate mm-hmm. your support and helping us spread the message of young adults today. And we're joined today. By a friend of ours named Justin Hamilton. Justin, how are you? I'm
2: great. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. Not to be confused with Josh Hamilton, who is the ice skater who does back flips. <laughs> I had to specify that when Josiah was writing up these questions. I'm like, Justin, Justin, got it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. my cousin.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have some fun today, but just in case you haven't crossed paths with Justin yet, he is a husband a father, a pastor, and a speaker who's passionate about raising up a generation of leaders all around the world. His mission in life is to educate, encourage, and equip young adults to live a life of purpose. And I think specifically, if you are looking on how to live a life of purpose yourself, as well as how to lead others towards purpose, in purpose, and on purpose, I think this episode is going to really benefit you. Justin serves as the Arizona, or um, as a youth and young adult pastor at Generation Church in Arizona, and his creative communication style enables him to connect with millennials, Gen Z, and a wide demographic in a really unique way, and I'm really excited to have you here. So Justin, can you just maybe kick off the episode by sharing some of your story of life, leadership, family, faith, and ministry with us today?
2: for sure well again thanks for having me I'm, uh, i love what you guys are doing and it's an honor to be a part of this um i'm also i feel guilty because it's 70 degrees in arizona and we're i'm using the ac at night you're using the heater so i'm you sorry
0: Sleeves on right now man you have a sweatshirt on i'm like i'll be running around outside sleeveless <laughs> hey yeah
2: i do it for a step i like the sweater weather i like the, the idea of the winter <laughs> I'll say this. We love Arizona. Some of our favorite people live there and it's one of our favorite places.
0: So we're glad God stationed you there. So that's good. (laughs) I
2: got you. No Airbnb. You could stay with me. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so yeah, I was, I was born and raised in Oakland, California, in the Bay Area, over in Northern California. And, um, I was raised in church, essentially. Uh, my mom from a young age had me at all the Sunday schools and, My grandma is a very uh, God-fearing woman, is a very God-fearing woman to this day. Um, But so I was a drug baby. I got drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, choir rehearsals. I was always there. Um, But I will say it started to breed like a familiarity with me. Like it wasn't something I was passionate about or really interested in. It was just something I had to do. And like any rebellious young person, I was just... I knew I had to go there on Sunday, but I was living a totally different life Monday through Saturday. Um, and I just knew I needed to check in on Sundays to make sure I didn't go to hell. That was my thought process. Like, make sure I say the prayer and did do the altar call. Did you
1: get saved every <laughs> Sunday, too?
2: <laughs> every Sunday. So, so, twice sometimes. If it was two services back to back, I do it both times just in case. Sunday morning it. and <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Depends you know, of afternoon of sin. Oh, hey, you know. Um, so that was my journey for a while. It wasn't until I was 15 years old. I went to this youth conference and the only reason I went was because a friend of mine told me and my cousin, there's going to be hundreds of girls there. So we were like, I mean, we're not that good at math, but we can't strike out on hundreds. You know what I mean? Like the odds are, it'll work out. And it did. I, I ended up, I met a, a girl there and um, hit it off and you know, we start talking, found out we were, you know, we were from similar areas and, after, you know, I, don't, I hate to say going out when you're 15, because it's like, you don't have a car. Where do you go? You get dropped off by your parents at, at the mall, you know? But after, after getting pretty serious for a 15 year old standards, you know, uh, after a month or so, she broke up with me. She went to a youth camp and she came back and she broke up with me. I'm like, why? She was like, because you're, you're not going in the same direction I'm going with God. And I was like, what? Like, I'm God's gift to you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what is that? And uh, so I I thought she was in a cult, bro. And so I went to her church that Sunday just to find out, like, what are they? What are they? Because come on, Micah. Like, she's just going to break up with me after camp, after a youth camp. That was crazy to me. So went to this church and heard the gospel in a way I'd never heard it before. I was touched in worship. And I ended up really rededicating my life to Jesus from that moment. And 16 years later, uh, me and that girl are still together. She's now my wife. And we got two little girls uh, Juliana and Genevieve, they're eight and two. Oh my word. And, um, we, yeah, it's been crazy. We, it's just been a total 180. And, um, from where I started to where we are now. And so we both do full-time ministry blessed to be able to do that here at generation church. And, um, it's just been, it's just been crazy what I've been able to learn through the process. And when it, you said about the leadership journey, I think for me, I've been privileged. Um, we started off just by vocational, just, I didn't know full-time ministry was a thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was working in corporate world, she was working in the dental field and we were just working and volunteering all of our time uh, for our local youth group. So fun. And we loved it, we were fine with that. Yeah, um, yeah, man, some of the best times I agree. of my life. Totally. And uh, we, we were doing that and the youth, the pastor we served under, I'd still this day, I call him uncle John. Like it was just a very relational environment. It was awesome. Um, he really discipled me a lot wow. and taught me so much. And, um, and when we did feel God call us to commit to it full time, we, you know, we ended up moving out here to Arizona. Um, and it was a different kind of culture and we learned so, so much and it was awesome, but it was cool just to see how the things you learn in each season kind of carry over. Um, and now here at generation church, um, pastor Ryan and Amy, they're all amazing leaders, um, and it's really cool because they're just a little, just, the age gap is a little bit closer. You know, I've had like a spiritual father, then I mm-hmm. uh, had a, my next pastor was, a little, was older than me, but almost like that big brother look, you know, and wow. now here, someone that I can see is just a couple years ahead of me in age, but just so wise. I'm just learning all I can.
0: That's so I smart.
1: And one of the things that stands out is you're a girl that, that is so cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Kobe's my role model. And so. Wow. I I grew up idolizing for better or for worse Kobe Bryant. So he married a Hispanic woman. I married a Hispanic woman. He had two, a bunch of girls. I have girls. So that's kind of the, the rhythm for my life. For
0: sure. <laughs>
2: oh, for sure. Yeah, I got a boy dog though. Me and my guy. Well, Max, I was
0: gonna ask you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Me and my me and my firstborn son. So. Hilarious. Oh, I love solid. That.
0: Justin, you were obviously passionate about the next generation. No You're doubt. passionate about discipleship and mentoring and having those spiritual um, fathers and grandfathers and people before you, but totally. also raising those people up behind you and linking arms in that way. And I would just ask you, Justin, for the listener who is just starting young adult ministry or maybe a lead pastor is tuning in who may not have a young adult ministry. Yeah. What would you say to them today? Like why do you, you believe that young adult ministry is important, like what is so important about young adult ministry?
2: Mm, that's a great question. Uh, for one, I think that we're seeing just in society the, the power, the effect that millennials and Gen Z have in culture and in society. You know, the president election, the presidential election, for better or for worse, however you, it doesn't matter, it was won, it was swung by the young vote, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. And so if, if young people can direct the course of a nation, wow. then I think as a church, we definitely need to be tapping into that in terms of where spiritually, the generation spiritually, like, where are we going? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think young adults and, and even youth today are that answer. It's like, Whereas the church, it's not even people used to always say, well, the young adults are where the church is going to be in five, 10 years. I would say young adults are where the church is now, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like today. So if you don't have an effective system or an intentional system in reaching young adults, and I would, I would even say, depending on, you know, your, your church structure, depending on the heart of your church, the culture of your church, you don't even have to label it a young adult's exclusive ministry as much as the focal point is we're hitting young adults. We're caught. Con- we're cognizant that even if they're not the, the vast majority of our givers or hithers, they're the heartbeat of our church and we need to reach them. And, and I swear, that's where, that's why I believe.
0: That's so good. Taking it one step deeper and making it a little more personal for you. Would you just tell us about the generation young adults?
2: Yeah, so we're. Um, I love our church. Our pastors are in their mid-30s, so they're already really young. So when I first got here two years ago, my primary focus was youth ministry because it was like um, I just – I really wanted to kind of re rework the culture here and change some things, and so that was our primary focus. Um, but now that we kind of got that, in a, in a good healthier space um, my pastor was we had a talk with me in my life and he's like i have a big vision for for the young adults of our church but also just these cities the cities that were um, yeah. affecting and planted in and so he gave me his heart for it and so the way we are doing it here at our church is um what i've seen go wrong in some churches is that if they're not careful the young adult ministry can become like a parrot church right it can become like the trendy thing where the young adults, they do that, but then they go to a different church on Sundays, right? Like, it's like, oh, I go to this church for the young adults, I go to this church for their worship nights, and then I go to that church on Sundays. And I, it's not wrong to, you know, it's just like food, right? Like, you, you can have different palates, but we're, we're, where's your legacy gonna be? Yeah. And we really believe in legacy and in establishing and being rooted. And so the way we have our young adult rhythm set up here is that quarterly, we do a, a young adult service. It's actually, we're just starting it in 2021. So we'll do our first young adult service um, in a few weeks. We're excited for that. But then we don't want to be built on our, our, our spearheaded around a service. We want to we want to create disciples. And that's really the heart of our church is equipping and creating disciples. And so what we do is then right after the the large service gathering we get, we then go on a, a month-long disciple, uh, Bible study journey where weekly we just gather I teach for 20, 30 minutes, and then they're just in tables discussing, um, growing, and doing life and, you know, breaking down scripture that way. And so we're really excited about it. Um, We did a, this right at the end of 2020, we did a series on relationships called Get Your Ship Together. Um, It's something that we're really passionate about. Yeah. Um, And then uh, in January, we'll be starting a series called Ish Happens, and um, it's about, ishmael creating ishmaels in your life when you don't go along to the, the, the promise that god has for you you're rushing the promise right um so we're, we like to do a little you know i like to push them below yeah you're a little edgy a little bit a little bit a little bit um, i'm i'm saved i'm not delivered but um,
1: <laughs> but hey I, I i mean like i think that's a good thing i didn't mean that as a bad thing i think edgy is like it's not a wrong thing at all i think it's god uses cool. it
0: oh definitely
2: cool. So yeah, our main thing is we want we want people to gather, but really, I'm not looking to have the biggest young adult ministry in terms of numbers. I always want to have something that's very impactful, and I'm teaching people how to disciple them, how to lead themselves and how to lead others efficiently. And I feel like that's our standard for success. Are we raising up disciples who really know Jesus, who love Jesus, and can effectively communicate Jesus with, with their friends, neighbors, and coworkers?
1: Justin I love it man and I I think you talked on one thing just in response to this last question about generation young adults you talked about like you know that it's really easy for young adult ministries to kind of get siloed and I would say that that is one of the greatest fears of every pastor that I talk with yeah it seems like their fear or hesitation around reaching the next generation is that it'll be youth group 2.0 or it Mm will be A separate church or a church within a church, kind of this us and them. And what I love is your focus is on discipleship and really integration Mm -hmm. of intergenerational integration where it is college students, it is 20-somethings, it's youth and kids and children as well, Mm -hmm. and it's every generation and that's part of the church. But I think one of the realities, if we acknowledge one of the greatest fears of Mm -hmm. every pastor, I think we should also acknowledge one of the greatest realities right. in our world is that according to Barna, 60, 70% of young people who grow up in the church are walking away and we can't be passive about that. Mm-hmm. We've got to look yeah. that, that we can't just um, say we're going to disciple people for 18 years. Mm-hmm. We're going to yeah. focus on a lifetime mm-hmm. of devotion, of yeah. devotion, of delight and discipleship in Jesus. And so, I know you have a passion for generations, and when we were on staff at a local church here in the Twin Cities, I think one of my favorite things is it was an intergenerational church. It is an intergenerational church, meaning there is a lot of people who crawl at church, meaning like, man, they're in they're in the nursery and mm-hmm. in, in kids and in youth. And then really there's families, there's grandparents, there's great-grandparents. Every age and every mm-hmm. stage is represented. And I love exposing young adults to the glory of God mm-hmm. and really every generation of faith and legacy. And can you just talk, I know this is a little bit off script, but can you just oh, talk about what you're learning with Millennials and Generation Z, and then your thought process on, on how churches could integrate this amazing group of young people with every generation in their church. It's
2: a great question. I think, I think for one, everything from in, in my context, what I've seen in, in my humble opinion, the heartbeat of the lead pastor is so important. Wow. If the heartbeat of the lead pastor is to see multi-generations affected, right. Then I love what Paul says. I become all things for all men. Right. So my pastor, Ryan, he gives me the freedom to be a little edgier for our young adults. He gives me the freedom to, Go outside the box for certain things. And when I say the freedom, I'm not saying I have the biggest budget. I'm not saying that um, I can just do whatever I want in the name of, well, this is going to work. No, no, no. There's still accountability. There's still steps and balances and programs and things like that. And there's systems that I have to follow. But when I know that his heartbeat is, I'm entrusting you to reach this generation and I want you to steward this well, that empowers me. Right. And so I then get creative on, okay, this isn't about how Justin would necessarily do it, but how can I honor my pastor and help his vision come to pass with, with whatever resources I have to reach this generation and this demographic. And so since that's the heart of my pastor um, for one, we're always, we're always re pushing people back to the church as a whole. Mm -hmm. One thing I've even been, guilty of and I had to learn from it previously was that as you start to build something, it's easy to just take the credit because you get the good pat on the bats, right? It's like, Oh, you're doing such a great job. You're doing such a good job. And it's no, no, no. The only reason I have this opportunity is because someone else gave it to me, right. my pastor entrusted me with it. And so I think one, one value at our church is honor up, down and all around. So we create a culture of honor, meaning that yeah. we are always cognizant of the fact that we're standing on the shoulders of someone else. Yes. And when you teach that to people, it makes it to where I'm not the hero. My pastor allowed me to do this. And then my pastor's like, well, I'm not the hero. This is what God has just, you know what I mean? So it's this constant cycle of honor. And I think as we teach our young people to do that, looking for honor, it takes it off from, because if you look at the culture today, it's always about, it's about self-publication, self-promotion, right? Being an influencer. And I'm not saying that's negative or, or inherently bad or negative, but I do think it, would, I think it honors God more when it's more about honoring someone else. Can I? Let me, how can I put the spotlight on someone else? And as we teach younger people to do that, the only way I can put the spotlight on someone else is if I'm doing life with someone else, right? If I'm in community with someone else. So when it comes to the people leaving the church, part of it, I think, is, is, is just a part of the life journey, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was on that journey. I left for a while. I was the prodigal son, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think we should necessarily be scared of that statistic as much, as much as what are we doing then to make open avenues for them to come home, to come back. Beautiful. And I think that's what this generation is about. I think you're going to, it's inevitable that I'm not looking to, I'm not basing how successful I am as a youth minister in terms of, I had my kid from sixth grade to 12th grade in church every Sunday and went on all the mission trips. One of my favorite leaders, Banning Leapshire, he said successful youth ministry, successful ministry is you can't measure it in seasons. You have to measure it in years in five to 10 years. Did they come back? Yeah. Yeah, They might've left the church, you know, once they graduated high school, but they came back when they turned 22 Mm -hmm. and they knew that this was their home. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God's grace can guide them through those seasons of figuring it out through college and, you know, and figuring out through that ugly relationship as long as they know there's a home to come back to and we're intentional in making sure that we're that open door. I hope that answers your question.
0: No, that's so
2: good. It's amazing. I think we'll never go wrong with honor.
1: That very much resonates and stands out with me. And I think that the other thing that you said that's key is for us to recognize that the vision of the church, the vision that we're serving as young adult leaders is we're shepherds under the under shepherd who's under the good shepherd. Yeah. So what I mean by that is what you said is we honor and also we extend the vision of mm-hmm. our lead pastor to the next generation. We're working on the same team in parallel, in unity with the mission of Jesus and the vision of Jesus, which is to make disciples. And that's really amazing.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And you basically share about shining the spotlight on somebody else, like giving somebody else the opportunity and empowering them. So anybody else who's coming alongside you, being able to hold up your arms as volunteers, as some of your leaders, I think that's just a fun thing to recognize that we we don't want to take the honor and glory for ourselves. We want to honor the people and honor God in that process. Yeah. And when we start tying ourselves on the back, oh boy, look out. Because I think we've all been there or you're going to be there at some point and that pride can creep in and God's gonna, you know, maybe knock you off your high horse or a good friend will, will say, Hey there, brother or sister. <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta realize who puts you in charge of that and who's getting the honor and glory. So That's just crazy keep your Mind, <laughs> Like God is here, go ahead.
2: No, no, no. I, I agree because I just think it's the 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 honest truth is we all we all have we all have insecurities, we all have prides. And if you think lead pastors, they're worried about giving these young adult pastors these platforms because it's not like just kids ministry or youth ministry. You're taking young adults. What happens if you get to a point where you're like, I don't like how this guy is doing it, I could do it better, we should do it differently and then i take all the young adults in my ministry i use the air quotes for mine wow. cuz it's not yours it right. can't be yours you didn't build it it was given to you it was entrusted to you right and so we you know it's a it's a fear that i understand but i going back to what you said if we have a culture of honor if we have a culture of yeah. we know that this is not mine i'm a steward i'm easily replaceable in fact i'm always looking to replace myself i'm yeah. always looking for who's the next young adult that that could take this. Who's that? Joshua, right? right? Moses was an amazing leader. Joshua was better, you yeah. know, like Joshua took him to a level that Moses hadn't done, but that was because, I mean, I say better, t- you know what I mean? Fluidly, but yeah. it was like, who are we looking for? Or are we all trying to be that, that guy or that woman, right? that person? And so honor, it keeps my, it keeps my pride in check and it allows me to be aware of who is God, who is God looking for? Absolutely. And, and am I in the way of that?
0: That's such a good reminder. Speaking of spotlights, Justin, we did a little research on you and came across something that you were recently participating in. Spotlight meaning you were given the opportunity to be on TEDx Talk, right? Yeah. And you specifically talked about the church has left the building. And <laughs> would you be willing just to share the heart behind what that means, what that is with our audience and us today.
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a privilege. Um, totally a god thing. Got asked to to speak at Arizona State University and do a TEDx for them. And um, the the concept behind it was we saw the Corona apocalypse that you know started in 2020, but is still happening now, right? Mm-hmm. And the effect it had, and and there's so many numbers of how you know churches started to shut down and all these other things. And my my concept was just that. This is this this pandemic that we're going through now is not new, and it, it's also it's, it's an opportunity for the church to get back to the heart of God, which is mm-hmm. being the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? Going and so it was really putting a spotlight on not the negative effects that Corona has had or the COVID nineteen uh, crisis has had, but the opportunities it created for churches to reach more people than ever through live stream technology through um, food pantries through being on the front lines to um, praying for people meeting people where they're at just to do so much and I honestly I feel like 2020 was in some in some capacities the best thing that ever happened to the church Um, it forced us to stop relying on you know there would always be this thing you build the building and they will come right you just bigger buildings and it was like but how healthy is your church not how large is your building what's your capacity but how healthy how, how how in tune with the heart of God is your church and and how can you fight through and so it, it just opened up new avenues of creativity and that was really what the talk was was pointing to it was just between the racial um, issues that we saw mm-hmm. and the, the hard conversations that that needed to be had but for so long in church had been kind of put into the back room like yeah it's an issue but let's just keep jesus the main thing and it's like jesus being the main thing means that people that are hurting people that are broken people that are um, disenfranchised because of the color of their skin that that's meeting them where they're at that's kneeling to where they're at and um and comforting them and so i i honestly i'm thankful for all that god did i'm i'm my heart aches for those who lost their lives who lost loved ones but I'm optimistic and I'm also fully aware of all that God did in this year mm-hmm. to bring healing, hope, and restoration.
0: So good.
1: Man, that is huge, Justin. And I think that <clears throat> one of the things that you just touched on was biblical justice. And I think that that's so important because with biblical literacy, I believe mm. comes biblical justice.
0: Mm.
2: And as I we love
1: that. understand, as we intersect the story that, Christ is written through the word. Right. I think we encounter that. I just think of the wise man. Um, Jesus did this teaching of the parable of there was somebody who built their life on the sand and it sunk when the storm hit. Mm-hmm. And there was another builder who built their, their house on the rock. And mm. just, I, I think that the word is such a rock. Mm. Christ is such a cornerstone. And when we understand the word became flesh and understand the narrative of scripture, understand the stories. And then there's the illustration of the parable shows us that we listen to the word, we live the word, we learn the word, and then we live it out, we apply it. Mm-hmm. The wise yeah. man was the one who heard the word and built his house on it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah. we need to live it out. And part of that is biblical justice. And I think that many times we hear a certain topic and we're afraid. Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. first response is to kind of hunker down and just survive. Mm-hmm. And really, yeah. the call of Jesus is one to examine the word because biblical justice is in the word. Mm-hmm. And as we have a literacy for God's kingdom and his word, we're able to, to really not just survive, but we're able to thrive right. when the storm comes. And you reference that so huge and I'm just really grateful that we have an opportunity as leaders ourselves and then for those that we lead is to point them to Jesus, to point them to the yeah. rock and encourage them to build their lives on the rock. And, you know, you look at our That's world, good. It, there's no shortage of hurt, right.
2: there's no yeah. shortage
1: of pain and there's no shortage of topics that leaders view as untouchable. But when we build our lives on the word, whether it's LGBTQ+, whether it's, you know, racial issues, political issues, man, we don't have to fear. We can actually trust word,
2: mm-hmm.
1: take yeah. the word at his word, and then live it out and approach it. And I think that's something that this generation is looking mm-hmm. for. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Yes. Okay. So, oh, Justin, like we also love to just get to know our, our guests a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one of the things that we like to do, we have a random stack of questions. Meaning, okay.
0: You don't know what's coming, and neither do you.
1: <laughs> it's kind of a curveball. I, I love baseball, and so sports, like sometimes you, you just got to be ready to prepare the weight. So um, this this is called Final Thoughts, five questions okay. in
2: five minutes. Are you up okay. for that? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: You
2: can well, do I'll it. kick it off. Don't
1: even know what this one is going to be. Okay. This says this. If you could change one decision you made today,
2: Mm.
1: what would it be and why?
2: Only one, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Um If I could change one decision today, I would I would have treated I would have thought of legacy earlier and lived my life according accordingly see i think a, like for me personally and i think a lot of young people were so focused on the now and so focused on you know what makes me feel good now or, or what's this going to affect right now and i think legacy is so much more important like what how is this going to affect me mm-hmm. a year from now five years from now you know what i mean and i think about so many friends i have that don't know jesus because i was more concerned about parting being cool with them as opposed to pushing them towards purpose and even financial decisions. So many things that I wasn't thinking legacy. I was thinking what's cool, what's trendy, what's making me happy now. So legacy over living in the moment. Wow.
0: All right. Ready? I'm nervous. For that was so good. <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> excuse me. What are you most blessed to have? My wife. Oh, it's beautiful. I should
2: say family, but I'll say family, my wife and family.
0: There you go. As long as you have
2: a wife, you can always build a bigger family, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Essentially.
0: laughs> That's good, man.
2: That's hilarious. Okay. Third one is,
0: how about this?
1: Name a person in your life who motivates you to be a better person.
2: Mm, so many. Um, so many. I'm going to say, I can't use my wife again. I already used her. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say my pastor, my pastor, Ryan, he does such a great job of just, he, he's fairly young, but he, he, he just lives a life with wisdom and the way he handles things. And so he just inspires me to be, be better as a leader, as a pastor, um, with my time, you know what I mean? So many things. So I'll go with my pastor, Pastor Ryan Visconti. Okay, exactly.
0: All right, so we just threw you three curveballs. This is where okay. you get to throw us one. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question, what would you ask us today?
2: Mm. Um, what's been your secret to longevity in ministry, especially in young adult ministry? What's been your secret to longevity? Yeah. Um,
0: one thing that I knew before we were married, I knew that I was called to ministry and Josiah knew he was called a ministry, we knew that in singleness, not knowing each other. So when we got married, literally on our honeymoon, we were making long-term goals. And the biggest thing, what the theme was, is beginning with the end in mind. Hmm. So that was personal life, that was ministry. So our longevity in ministry Primarily is what, like you said, legacy several times. What legacy do we want to leave behind? And how do we begin right now with the end in mind? What do we want to be known as? Who do we want to be known as? How do people, how do we leave people? Do we leave people better than we found them? Do we leave places better than we found them? So I'd say the longevity and longevity in ministry, in some sense, I would say is that. In addition to staying connected to the heart of Christ, yeah. period. Like it is God first um, God first ministry or mission. What is it? Mission master master mission, mate. That's what we talk about. So master is always God first. It's our spouse. Then it's the mission and ministry that God's called us to. So keeping those three in order has kept our hearts in line with him and those lines, they live together, but they don't necessarily become blurred. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I would echo everything that she said and as well as I would just say like you asked the question Justin, of like what has been the secret to longevity and ministry? I think that we haven't arrived. We will never arrive, but at the same time, I think that um, in a world where longevity and ministry really doesn't exist, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my first pastor did finish well.
0: Mm -hmm. And what I mean by
1: that, I grew up in, the same church that uh, the pastor then hired me out of college for my first role in ministry. And he was just years away from retirement at the time. And I watched him in a world where longevity in ministry doesn't really exist. There are a lot of moral failures. There's a lot of people who just maybe uh, give up or surrender or go another direction with life. He finished well, Mm -hmm. Pastor Jerry Stranquist. And so I got to watch what it meant to be A legacy leader what it meant to be somebody who had longevity in ministry and i feel like god's always a call away and pastor jerry right now on earth is also (laughs) a call away and so um i think that just watching someone finish well and getting to be a, a, a fly on the wall in some meetings getting to be a small part of extending his vision i think that impacted me um now as I look back more than I realized at the time and then I think just also knowing Justin, like what our calling is and what I mean by calling I I know what I don't mean I know what I mean like our calling is John 15 to abide in Christ mm-hmm. and so above anything I do it's a calling to be Jesus called yeah. me to you with him mm-hmm. so I think that when I truly understand that and grasp that then ministry flows out of that and so that's what I would say is also knowing that I believe we're Lord willing called and willing to serve for a lifetime of ministry. Mm-hmm. So I think knowing that up front helps with the longevity of there's also moments where next week overwhelms me tomorrow overwhelms me. And then I read Matthew five, six, and seven. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble. So just focus on today. And so I think that, having a legacy vision but also having the focus of just being faithful in this moment Mm -hmm. is is really the the tension that longevity is found in
0: yeah that's good
1: that's awesome and justin back to you that was a fun question to think about and Mm -hmm. to talk about and if you could leave young leaders with one thought with one charge with one piece of encouragement or with one thing what would you share with them today
2: I, it's kind of, I, it's a double answer. One, start, start with Jesus, start with Jesus and end with
0: Jesus.
2: (laughs) Start and end with Jesus. Um, don't start with the goal of full-time ministry. Start with Jesus. Start with the goal of loving Jesus and living for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, because I I know some of my healthiest seasons was when I wasn't in full-time ministry. It was when I just served because I loved Jesus. It had nothing to do with this was my career. This is my call. It was just, this is what I just love Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so since we love Jesus, we'll do this. Um, And then secondly, um, love and forgive like Jesus. Wow. I think one of the hardest things about ministry is when your experience doesn't match your expectations and (laughs) when people hurt you. And when people, you know, who claim to love Jesus, lie on you and slander you or, you know, misinterpret your motives and all these other things are, that are happening, right. but I, I've just been reading, I've been on a second Corinthians five kick. I think second Corinthians might be the best book in the Bible this month, at least for me. It's just amazing. And uh, he just talks so much about, we suffered, we suffered, we suffered. But my favorite thing he says is, he said, we didn't, ex- we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and relied on God who raises Good. from the dead. And it just, that is just, that's my life verse right now. It's like, stop relying on yourself. Stop relying on social media for validation. Stop relying on invites to certain conference, whatever it, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, don't rely on that for your, for your worth, for your validity. But start with Jesus and end with Jesus. If, the, if your decision-making, if your value, if your standard for success is nothing is not matching what Jesus' standards are, what, you know what I mean? If it has anything to do with how it's going to help you or your feel, or if you're doing it, it has to start and end with Jesus. And the same thing with people. Love them like Jesus. Forgive them like Jesus. Because when you suffer more like Christ, you share in his glory. You share in his glory. You share in his sufferings.
0: Amen. Be great That's now. it,
2: young leader. Oh, my
1: word, Justin, I love that. I was thinking of while you were talking, um, some lyrics to a worship song popped into my my head because it's been an anthem to my heart, and it's called Worthy of It All. And Mm. it's you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, Jesus, for from you all are things, and to you are all things. You deserve Mm. the glory.
2: That Maverick City.
1: Let's go. (laughs) And that has just been, I think, an anthem from my heart is the note that you just left us on is Mm -hmm. it's all about jesus it's in him it's through him it's for him it's from him and man when we get that right we're in a a humble place and we're in a place where he's honored as rich and we're really minimize support and we want to exalt him and we want Mm -hmm. to minimize ourselves like john the baptist we're
2: preparing the way yeah yeah like
1: he must increase we must decrease and so So i love that you left us on that note today
2: thank you so much man thanks for having me thanks so much for i love what you guys are doing for our generation um i'm i'm grateful i can call you guys pick your brain for how to how to grow how to do this better how to become more like jesus that's right i don't think jesus ever had to deal with minnesota winters though
0: (laughs) i don't think so either more (laughs) than i'm snow (laughs) Well, Justin,
2: we just want to, again,
1: say thank you so much for joining us. You guys can find out more about Justin Hamilton, Generation Young Adults, when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today. We'll link it in the show notes as well as social media. And until next time, this is Josiah and Micah signing off with Young Adults Today. Thanks so much.
0: Until next time.